My name is Alexander Rauser and I'm the CEO of Prototype and you're listening to the App Guy podcast. The App Guy podcast, straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, the App Guy. This is the App Guy podcast. This is episode 469. I've got the CEO of New Story coming up in this episode. He is Brett Hagler. You know, it's a great chat because he talks about having a bigger purpose in life and uh, really going into business and going into startups, making apps to have a significant impact. And you will hear his significant impact because he really is changing people's lives uh, through his uh, crowdfunding solution. Uh, more to be found out in this episode. Uh, it's, it really is a wonderful chat. But before I uh, go into the episode, let me first thank my sponsors. Uh, there is TopTal. I want to talk about TopTal very briefly. Uh, I will be going into more detail in the episode. But TopTal is uh, a network of great developers and designers worldwide. And if you have been burned by having a bad experience with a developer in the past, then you really need to check out TopTal. They have great talent. And also don't be put off that this is a freelance work. I'm going to be talking more about the return on investment that you will get by having quality uh, compared to going for cheap. It's really important that you understand how it can make a difference going for uh, top talent, top quality of a developer and designer talent rather than just going for cheap because the working relationship and the quality of the output is going to actually give you a higher return on an investment. So if you believe that message, which I do, then you really need to check out TopTal. So uh, the first thing to do is go to toptal.com forward slash pool, toptal.com forward slash pool. Otherwise, listen out in this episode for more detail about that return on investment that you can get by focusing on quality rather than cheap. Uh, so that's TopTal. And thank you so much to TopTal for sponsoring the show. Uh, my second sponsor is GummyCube. They have been an extremely loyal uh, sponsor. They've been supporting this show now for years. And uh, I have to say that they are still, in my opinion, the world's best when it comes to App Store optimization. They were doing this uh, in the early days. Uh, the founder has been on this show, Dave Bell. He uh, is actually passionate about mobile data. So if you want to get the world's best when it comes to app store optimization so that you have more chance of people downloading your app, then go to gummycube.com. That's gummycube.com. And thanks to Gummycube for supporting this show. So let's get into now the episode with Brett Hagler, CEO of New Story. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host. Uh, this is Paul Kemp. This is the podcast that inspires uh, loads and loads of uh, entrepreneurs, app founders, startup founders, uh, anyone who's enthusiastic about the startup scene, the app scene, the mobile scene. We love to get guests on the show that inspire us and tell us about how they're changing the world. The, the helps us all to change the world. And so I've got a, a, a terrific guest because uh, when I read about uh, the, the uh, mission, um, it's a company called uh, New Story. I just go to New Story and uh, you, uh, you'll see that they're transforming slums into sustainable communities, doing a lot of stuff like that. We're going to hear from the founder. He's been on a lo load of uh, 
a podcast. You, you've probably heard of him. It's Brett Hagler. Brett, uh, welcome to the App Guy podcast. Excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. Uh, tell us about News Story then, because it sounds wonderful what you're trying to do. Yeah, so in short, we, from a high level, we transform slum areas into new sustainable communities. Uh, we do that starting out with um, crowdfunding houses for only $6,000 per home. Um, so taking family out of a slum, whether it's a shack or a tent, and bringing them into a brand new home um, for only six, about $6,000. And so uh, let's just say, give you an example, you could go on your phone right now, go to our website, and meet families, digital family profiles. We have it set up so it actually looks like a, a, an app. Um, you can meet families in Haiti, families in Central America that um, have been living in life-threatening homelessness, see their story, see their picture, you give directly to them. Um, and then when they move into their new home, we take a move-in video of them getting their keys and their home certificate, and then we send it back um, to everybody that donated. And we don't just build one-off houses, we build all of these homes in one area. So what that allows us to do is actually create an entire community with a school, with clean water and sanitation, with solar power, with agriculture training, with microloan opportunities, um, because we have that foundation. And that's why we say we transform slums into sustainable communities. I love this already. And uh, uh, we tried to learn from the show. And what we've learned over the 468 episodes before you, Brett, is, uh, yeah, well, there's a theme, there's a definite theme that uh, comes out, which is trying to solve uh, real world problems. Uh, I'd love to know, like, I'm guessing it's pretty obvious what we're trying to solve. But from your words, uh, what is it you're trying to solve with technology? What problem are you trying to uh, eradicate? Yeah, so there's actually there's two main problems that we're trying to solve for. Um, the first is, and I'll just give you an example of one family, right? So you've got you've got a family of three kids. The kids are three years old, seven years old, and eleven years old. Um, they were born into a slum where they face life-threatening dangers every day, like child abduction, sex trafficking, um, weather dangers. Um, theft, all types of violence, and they have no protection because they don't have safety or shelter. So what we do is we use our platform that we've built, and we put their story up, and they get funded online. Um, we then move them into a brand new home. So the first problem we're solving is life-threatening homelessness. But then the second problem that I'm even almost more passionate about is we're solving this problem of intelligent, talented kid being born, but has no opportunity. So literally imagine, you know, as we're talking, there's the next Nelson Mandela, there's the next Einstein out there right now at one of these slums, slums that has way more IQ than, than, than I do, way more talent than I do, but he or she does not have the opportunity to reach their potential and to reach their dreams. And so what we want to do is we not only want to save their lives, we want to put them in an environment where they can go to school, where they don't have to worry about um, getting sick every day. They'll have clean water and sanitation, where 
they'll be able to have business training as they get older. So an entire opportunistic community, which at, at the end of it, the net result is unlocking opportunity. Um, and that's what we get really excited about. And that's really the purpose of New Story. Now, let's talk about the donation side, because uh, I, I'd love to know, you're obviously, I feel that what you're doing is you're uh, bringing uh, a sense of realism to uh, ch- charitable causes, because a, l- a lot of us are donating to big organizations, uh, but we don't see where the money goes. Uh, so is, is that another problem you're trying to solve, which is trying to bring a bit of uh, genuineness, real, real realism into what what you're donating you know that's actually how new story got started because i went down and saw the problem that i just described and at first i never well i never thought i'd start a charity ever um i was always more uh, technology based and entrepreneurial and so when i saw this problem i actually tried to go look at other organizations that i could champion and really rally around well it turns out that all the ones that i found I kept feeling the same frustrations, which was a lack of transparency, a lack of accountability, a lack of innovation, and certainly a lack of of technology. And so I said, why not apply the same spirit as a startup technology company to this uh, this problem um, on the ground that I saw and this problem of what just seemed like traditional charity? And so to answer your question, yes, absolutely. Um, Our team is really fired up about um, creating a a better giving experience and using technology and transparency to do that. So, so Brett, a lot of uh, the uh, startup founders, the entrepreneurs that listen to this uh, show uh, really struggle with getting uh, their idea off the ground. You know, you've got this wonderful problem you're solving. You're you're already in the technology game, but I wondered how you actually got it started. Was it with your own money? Did you get some help along the way? Talk us through there how you actually got it off the ground. So, a lot of times, I think early stage founders or people that are thinking about trying to get an idea off the ground. Unfortunately, I think people believe that good ideas just take off. And that's the furthest thing from the truth. Founders make their ideas take off. And so we subscribe to this idea that in the beginning, you actually have to do things that do not scale, that don't scale, which is very counterintuitive from what I think a lot of people think is, oh, let's just build this app, ship it, and all of a sudden it's going to take off if it's a good idea couple examples and I'll get to our example. So, you know, when Airbnb first got started, it took them almost two years before they got any traction. And what they would have to do is they would literally fly across the United States of America from San Francisco to New York because they most of their clients were in New York, the early stage host. And they would take professional pictures themselves manually of the apartments to try to make the apartment look better so that it would convert higher on the site. And they were still only getting a couple dozen people a month doing that. But they had to do that that did not scale to figure out, wow, okay, if we can make and we can take better photos, then it's going to convert higher on the site, right? And um, there's all types of stories like that in Silicon Valley where you're starting out and you have to do things that don't scale. For us, um, I mean, it was literally 
the very beginning was, hey, not can we ch- not let's not try to fund a hundred thousand homes. Let's try to fund one home, and we're just going to start by first going to going to our network. Um, you know, I Facebook message every single person I knew, and then we just literally manually pushed this boulder up the hill until it got to the top, and then things finally started going a little bit more organically, and so. Anyone feeling that, um, please know that you're in a good spot because that's what every entrepreneur has felt before. And now it comes down to will you fight against it and will you push um, this, you know, kind of boulder up the hill until you can get it to a point where things start happening, uh, start happening more organically um, and more inbound. And sometimes it takes a couple months to do that. Sometimes it takes a couple years. I mean, there's tons of stories of, uh, of some of the best c- companies in the world right now where it took them a couple years to get that started. So, um, yes, it's a long process. And um, in the beginning, literally do things that do not scale to try to get your first whatever that goal is, whether it's number of users, whether it's your first, I don't know, whatever your goal is. Don't be afraid to do things manually in the very beginning to get it going. Terrific, Brett. Now, I noticed that you are a YC-backed uh, nonprofit, a Y Combinator. We've had a lot of uh, founders who have gone through uh, incubators, accelerators. I'd love to know, uh, we've actually got some people queued up to um, uh, try and get through. Uh, and so I'd love to know your story on how you actually got uh, YC to back your nonprofit. Yeah, so why, we've, we're very fortunate to go through Y Combinator in the summer of 2015. And I think the way we got in, it was really, it was really two, two main reasons. Uh, the first was, and a little bit of luck, but the first was we had this idea, which was to build a crowdfunding platform and you know try to fund families on there as soon as possible. And what we did is... We didn't wait around to build out like a real automatic, um, you know, fully coded technical site that could do all of the technical things that we wanted to do. Um, what we did is we built a very, very minimum viable product that was basically a bunch of different landing mock-up pages that looked like a real crowdfunding page, but it wasn't. And when somebody donated, instead of it automatically updating like the percentage and the meter right like what people are used to the founders would actually go in on the back and manually move the meter from this point to this point to this point and change the percentages like whenever someone donated i would literally get on my phone and calculate what percentage that would be of the goal i'd mess up all the time and um, people would call in and say, or email and be like, hey, we donated, but not sure if it went through. What happened? And I'd be like, Jimmy, don't worry about it. It's just credit card processing. Takes a little bit of time. And then meanwhile, we would be you know, scrambling to, to update it. <laughs> and, but, but doing things like that, it allowed us to, I mean, we, we had our first couple homes funded in a very short amount of time. And that allowed us to not only prove that it was something people wanted online, but we could also build the end product, which is the homes, and then take the move-in video, which is kind of our end promise, and send it back to all the donors. And so to answer your question, the first part was that we shipped 
our, our idea as quickly as possible and using that mentality of doing things that don't scale in the beginning. And that got us traction early on, right? So we didn't wait around five or six months to build out this product, to do a ton of research, to do make everything perfect before we launched it. We didn't do any of that. We just launched it as quickly as, quickly as we could to, to see if this was something people wanted. Turns out it was. And then we were able to go to Y Combinator and say, look, within f- you know, five months of, of starting, this is what we've already done. And that was very impressive to them because one of the things that I think they probably think is most important is just how, like, what are you getting done in a short amount of time? Like, what's your ability to execute on something in a short amount of time? And we were fortunate enough to do that. And then the second piece was once we got the... Uh, interview. So how it kind of works real quickly is I think we had about 6,500 startups all around the world apply to our batch. And out of those 6,500, they took the top 300 and said, hey, we want to fly you to Mountain View, California for a 10-minute interview. Um, Literally, they would have people flying from Africa, from London for a 10-minute interview in Mountain View. 10 minutes, that's it. And we got the call to do that. Um, and when we got the call, we knew that they were only going to take about a third of these startups. And so what our team did was, and it's kind of one of our values now, is we prepared well over 100 hours for 10 minutes. And so it was like going the extra mile to prepare to know everything that they were going to ask. And that, of course, now spills into different things that we do now. It's that mentality to be the most prepared um, to be the most detail oriented, and so I'd say it's those combinations. I, I love that. You know, that's the first time we've heard uh, you know a real step by step process of uh, you going through, and uh, and so uh, when you successfully got through, uh, how did it actually help your business? And uh, to, to talk us through the, the, you know, what actually happened after you got in. Yeah, you know, one of the best things that Y Combinator does, or really any program, and it's crazy how sometimes it takes a program to do this when you could really do it on your own kind of, but you could basically go through a three month program and uh, what White Combinator does, they say at the end of these three months, so envision yourself three months from now, pick one metric, one number that's going to be your big goal that you're going to hit at the end of this and try to make it, you know, as, you know, close to as impossible, but still, Still, you could still do it somehow. Pick that goal, and then you're going to spend the next three months only focusing on that goal, right? So, for people that have apps, it could probably be you know number of downloads or number of users, right? And then you would just spend three months where that's the only metric that you measure, the only one. And so, what 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 we did was uh, they make you come to them and say, okay, what's you know what's your goal going to be, and uh, our team put our heads together and we said, all right, let's be crazy ambitious and let's pick a number. We came up with a number of 50 homes. So for us, that would be about $300,000 in three months um, compared to where we had been, which was not even $100,000. And they said, okay, great, 50? You guys are going to do 100, double what you came to us thinking <laughs> that was already an audacious goal that we thought. And they said, Oh good. Okay. So that means you're going to do a hundred. 
And I vividly remember thinking, I have no idea, literally no idea how we're going to do that. It's $600,000 in three months. And we're like five, we're like five months into this. We don't even know what we're doing. Um, but getting to my point, what it made us do was it made us think, okay, if we had to hit this number, if we had to hit a hundred homes, right? Or for your listening right now, if you had to hit a hundred thousand downloads, if you had to, no BS, if you had to, what would you need to do? And what are the, what are the new channels that you would have to try to go after? What are maybe the new partnerships you would have to get? Because you know there's no other way you could do it. So all that to say, it made us think of, of new ideas. Um, and then what we did was we measured it off of a weekly growth rate. So we said if we grow at 10% every week, over time, it's going to compound and it's going to reach our goal at the end of this three months, right? So anybody listening to right now, you know, if it's number of downloads, try to say, okay, our goal is to grow by 10% every week. First week, let's just say you start with 100. Great. The next week, you're going to be at 110%. Next week, 10%. And keep going. And over time, if you just focus on that, you will be amazed as how you're growing. Yeah, and actually, investors love that because uh, anything, anything that grows at a, a regular rate, you know, it's like a hot property for an investor. Um, that's that's ter- that's terrific. Uh, I really feel that that's incredibly insightful. So, I hope you're enjoying this episode with Brett Hagler. Let me now take the opportunity to thank my sponsors. Uh, first is TopTal. TopTal are the world's best when it comes to hiring great developers and great designers. Now, I've had in the past bad experiences with bad developers and i'm sure that if you're listening to this as a startup founder entrepreneur apppreneur you may have had a similar experience with a bad developer and don't let that put you off of contracting of freelancing also don't compare toptal to some of the other freelance networks and uh, freelance portals that are out there because toptal really is different They are different because they are the solution you are looking for. They focus so much on talent, on getting the best developers, getting the best designers. And I know this for a fact because they have a very challenging screening process and interview process that you have to go through before you can join the TopTel network. So it's best not to look at your past experience and put them into the same category. TopTel is different. Just look at some of their clients that they've worked with, look at their testimonials, and also look at the credentials of the talent that they have in their network. Now, on the other side of uh, the coin, uh, there is uh, a perception, I think, Uh, that if you go to a freelance network, that it's cheaper. Don't be fooled that uh, being cheaper is being better or gives you a higher return on investment. Because if you work with a very talented developer or a talented designer and you have a terrific working relationship, then the return on investment is through the quality of the output and the quality of the relationship that you have working with the individuals at TopTal rather than uh, having the back and forth that you may have with a cheaper resource. So don't expect that being a freelance network is cheaper, but the return on investment 
is better because you get access to top talent and it can be, as I've explained, a lot better in the working relationship. So that's the value that they add to clients. I would love you to become a client of TopTal. I really highly recommend them as an organization and a network for the best talent that you can find. So for the best developers and designers, go to toptal.com forward slash pool. toptal.com forward slash pool. That will give you access to their up to two week trial, which will give you a risk-free way of working with them. Thank you very much to Toptal for sponsoring the show. My other sponsor is Gummy Cube. Gummy Cube have been sponsoring the show now for years and they are the best when it comes to app store optimization. They help you find your audience. The reason is that they have accurate mobile data. They feel that that is the key. Real mobile data improves app store optimization and increases the quality of your users. So why does this matter? Well, 63% of all apps are discovered by app store search. It's still very much the best way that users find you. And uh, most search queries in mobile do not match the web. If you are going on and getting data from mobile search and expecting that to be the same for app store search, well, then you're wrong. And that's why you need Gummy Cube. They help by targeting the right keywords, which then helps increase your installs. So ranking for the right keywords is the key to app success. And Gummy Cube will help you figure out how you stack up on the ranking. So for app store optimization, go to gummycube.com. That's G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E, gummycube.com. And thank you very much to Gummy Cube for continuing to sponsor this show. Now let's get back to my chat with Brett Hagler. There's two more things uh, we do before we say goodbye then, Brett. One is that, um, you know, I, I, I think people love to know why founders get in the game at, uh, you know, you've obviously had choices along your path to, to end up where you are now. And I'd love to know, what, what, was there anything uh, that that uh, caused you to get into entrepreneurship startup? You know, what, what um, and would you recommend it to others? So why become a founder and would you recommend the lifestyle? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I, I don't think that it's for everybody. Um, the reason that I got into it and the reason I think some of the better entrepreneurs that I meet get into it is there's always there's always a bigger purpose than just trying to make money, right? Because if you're just trying to make money, there's a lot of other ways to make money than building a company and building an organization and building something that means so much more than the number of zeros that you can try to get in your bank account. And so for me, it was, I, at the end of the day, would really want to look back and say, me and my team, I have an amazing co-founding team, we built a truly great organization that is going to last and is going to make impact far beyond what we could ever imagine. So it's basically, I'm in this to make a significant impact and build an organization with a great culture, with great people, um, and and try our best to really make something great. I mean, as simple as that might sound, it's it's having 
this level and this standard of excellence and trying to make something as great as possible so that it can impact as many people as possible. That is very, very inspirational. Okay, so finally, there's a lot of people who, uh, this is all around the world, and uh, you, you uh, must have, I guess you've gone to some of these locations that you help. Uh, I wondered where you, where is the, the, the place you feel right now is in mo- most need? Uh, which you know, location do you, do you feel around the world is in most need of your help? That's a good question, man. Um, it's tough. I mean, honestly, like we we wouldn't we wouldn't pick a location unless there was significant need there. And so, I mean, it might be cliche to say, but all the locations that we're in, there is significant need. And you know, we're talking about we're talking about life threatening dangers. Um, you know, this isn't just how can we, you know, take a family from, you know, a, a, a pretty bad situation to a better situation. It's how can we take a family living out of a hellhole? I mean, the closest thing you get to that on this earth. And how can we not only save their lives, but then, as I mentioned before, give them that opportunity to use their God-given talent and intelligence. So, I mean, the areas working in right now, um, Haiti. Haiti's the poorest country on the Western Hemisphere. Um, So, I mean, if you just look at economic numbers, that would be the poorest area. But then, you know, we're also in Central America, which is still very poor, and they have different types of problems there and different types of needs. And so... I'm not giving you the best answer, but really any of our locations, there is um, significant need. But also, I'm guessing as well that uh, these are good places, uh, you know, okay, so they have slums, but also uh, people are working remotely now uh, all over the world. And uh, I've got someone who just um, messaged me today who's traveling through India and there's some really rough parts of India. Oh my gosh. Yeah. um, I haven't been over there yet, honestly. (laughs) Okay. Well, you add that to your list. Um, Yeah, um, I know. uh, uh, The the thing is though, uh, uh, there are so many great locations to be based from to help people on the ground. And uh, I wondered, uh, have you actually uh, traveled to some of these locations and have you met other entrepreneurs working remotely? Yeah, absolutely. So we've gone, I've been to um, all of our locations and it's, I mean, the social entrepreneurship kind of ecosystem is fantastic. I mean, you find really quickly who's doing um, great work uh, in, in these areas. And so I get inspired all the time by people doing different things and trying to solve different problems with innovation. Um, I mean, one honestly, one of the things that's been on my mind a lot is, you know, using is mobile. I mean, using mo- mobile phones and and creating products and apps for that that can, um, whether it's a for-profit company or a nonprofit that can um, deliver, you know, solutions to, or not even solutions and and just like whole new worlds for people that you know, have never had access to the internet. Like, imagine that. Imagine never having access to internet. And then imagine getting it and being able to to learn from it and to research and to, and to read. I mean, so I guess to answer your question, um, yeah, I mean, I get inspired all the time. And it's a really good place. Uh, meeting those type of people is a really good place to go for inspiration. 
That's wonderful. So there's going to be full show notes now on episode. It's 469. So it's just go to the appguy.co, search for uh, Brett Hagler, and it's 469. You'll see links to you, Brett. How, how can people get in touch and what's the best way of, I guess, how, uh, what, what would you like uh, anyone listening to this? What, what would be the best action they can take now? Yeah, I'll give a, I'll give two options if that's okay. So we have, um, we have a really cool platform where anybody can start a digital fundraiser with us. So for example, um, you could, uh, for your next birthday, you could give up your birthday and create a page on our site um, and ask your friends and family for donations instead of gifts coming up. And on average, you're going to raise about $1,200. You're going to bring in about 13 friends that you inspire. um, And you're going to go through this process together with your friends and family. And it's an awesome experience. The other thing that I'm just an example we've had people do recently is, you know, give up their, their wedding registries and create a fundraising campaign on our platform where their friends and family are, you know, giving out a home instead of uh, extra Chinaware or something. Um, so those are two options where you could create any type of campaign fundraiser that you want on our, on our site. I will directly connect you to a family in need and you can see everything. Um, and then the other way, kind of on a, a bigger level, is if maybe your family or your company would want to um, sponsor a home because a home is only $6,000, um, that's also another really uh, great way to get involved. One, where should they go? Yeah, so you can, I mean, the, the best place to go is just our website, which is newstorycharity.org. Brett, it's one thing I just meant to ask is that you're really well connected in the social entrepreneurship. I think this is one of the, you know, I've done a lot of these episodes and it's one of the first um, chats we've had about social entrepreneurship, I think. I can't recall one. I wondered where you go to get plugged into the community, to the network uh, and meet other social entrepreneurs. TED is a good place. Um I get a lot of inspiration from from TED Talks and just TED the community. There's a ton of social entrepreneurship. Uh, let's see, Endeavor is a really good place to to meet social entrepreneurs. I'd say those are probably the two two of the best places to start. Yeah, TED, uh, great. Um, Actually, you're reminding me now, I can't help this, but I, I was in Bali and uh, I remember one of the TED Talks was uh, actually creating a village out of bamboo. Uh, and, uh, we went to the bamboo school, uh, which I think was sponsored by Richard Branson and some others. And, uh, and then there was this whole village. I, I, it was amazing. So yes, absolutely. TED, uh, TED Talks and uh, connecting with the community. Brett? Oh, I could chat for ages. Uh, it's been so inspirational. Thank you so much for coming oh, on the thanks, show. Thanks, man. And um, thanks for just being so awesome in what you're doing to, to uh, change the world. Yeah, absolutely. And if anybody wants to um, to reach out, if there's any way I could help, I'm pretty active on Twitter. I'm at Brett Hagler. Great. Brett, all the best. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much. So just two final things. One is do remember to go and support the sponsors. It's toptal.com forward slash Paul, all lowercase. Uh, That's the two-week trial, uh, which is risk-free, and you can get access to their network of great developers and designers. And also GummyCube, gummycube.com for App Store optimization. And finally, it's been a while since I've asked, do remember if you are 
listening to this show, I would love a five-star review. Uh, if you like the content, if you uh, are getting value from the chats, if it's inspiring you, then why not just try and inspire me by, uh, I do read all the reviews that I get. I get a, an alert to reviews that are come through. So uh, the best place to leave them, really, it's uh, about 50%, I believe, of podcast listeners tend to use the podcasting app from Apple. So if you can leave a review in there, I know they still make it a bit of a hassle and it's a, a real chore, but it does make a big difference. Uh, even if you just click those five stars and leave a quick comment, it does make a big difference to attracting new listeners and then broadens the reach of the show. Uh, also, do remember you can share this uh, episode and this podcast. It's very easy now to share stuff. Just use your phone and click share and share it through your social media and through your influence. Uh, that would be great. So thanks very much for helping me promote the show and uh, all the best. And I will then get another episode to you very shortly. Bye for now.